This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 124. And the quote of the day is from Paulo Coelho, who said, Anything that you can imagine is real. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals. Information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. And if you are currently stuck and trying to figure out which direction to go and need some advice on succeeding in the music business or some goal setting and achievement or just need an accountability partner to get you to keep pushing further and to achieve your goals... I offer coaching services for a limited amount of people, and I have a few spots that are open. So if you're interested in setting up a call with me to see if if you're right for the coaching and to see if I can help you, shoot me an email at coaching at drummersresource.com, and we'll set up a quick 15 to 20-minute call, see if we're right for each other, see if you are good with the rates and all that kind of stuff, and uh, and we'll we'll hook it up if you're good to go. So shoot me an email, coaching at drummersresource.com, or nick at drummersresource.com, I almost said that. But uh, but yeah, just give me a call, we'll, we'll chat it out, we'll see if, if uh, we, we're good to work together and we can get that happening. Now the interview that I have today is Paul Durante, and Paul is a media expert. He is a foremost authority on growing audiences, uh, both online and off, and I wanted to have him on the show for a couple reasons. One, I listened to, he has a podcast with a guy named Jay Abraham, which Jay Abraham is known as the $9 billion man, and we'll talk about Jay Abraham a little bit uh, in this in this interview with Paul, but they have a show together where they interview very, very successful entrepreneurs and get the secrets to their success. But I also wanted to talk to Paul because he is a he's a master. He's an expert on growing audiences, which is exactly is exactly, excuse me, what we try to do as musicians, as band members, or if you're trying to grow your personal brand or, or anything else. So I really wanted to get him on here, like I said, because I love the podcast that he has, The Ultimate Entrepreneur, and I also think that he can share a lot of great information for building an audience, and this interview is is chock full of, of tips and expertise. So let's get into this interview with Mr. Paul Durante. Paul, how are you? Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Nick, it's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. I'm excited to have you. I got to tell you, I'm a big, big fan of your podcast, The Entrepreneur, or The Ultimate Entrepreneur. I listen to it at the gym all the time, so it's definitely an inspiration in my day. So that's why I reached out to you, because I absolutely love it, and it's it's just great to have you here. Well, <laughs> it's funny you say that, because I, well, first of all, I'm grateful. I appreciate that. How I met Jay Abraham, who's the star of the show, I like to say that he's Batman and I'm Robin. Mm-hmm. But I met Jay through kind of how, how you listen to us at the gym. I was listening to Jay at the gym back in the day. Tony Robbins has this product. I don't know if he still has it, but it's called Power Talk. Mm-hmm. And you pay, I think, 20 bucks a month, and you get a CD a month, and he interviews various achievers. And so one month I got this CD, and it was this guy, Jay Abraham, and I had never heard of Jay Abraham. And I was listening to this thing at the gym over and over again, and I fell in love with the work, and I just cold-called him, and that's how I ended up meeting Jay and then becoming partners with Jay and then hosting the podcast with Jay. Really? Yeah. Wow. So It was a cold-call. So 
I want to I, I want to talk about this more, uh, and and we'll do that in a little bit because because the two of you together and and his success and your success are are something that we definitely need to touch on. But before that, I I'd like to get into you a little bit and and know where you're coming from and who you are and what you do for the listeners. So just give a brief description of who you are and what it is that you do. Sure. Well, my background is in media, TV and radio primarily. That's what I went to school for. And back in the day, I was uh, I did rock radio. I was a radio DJ waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I did that for many, many years. And when you do radio, a lot of times you do TV and you do a lot of voiceover. And so I did all of that stuff. And then that was in my 20s. And then when I got into my late 20s, early 30s, I got into radio programming. And that was okay, but it wasn't really why I got into the business, into the broadcast business. So I got tired of wearing, frankly, I got tired of wearing a suit, and I ended up doing other things. But I'm from Vancouver, B.C., originally, and then I moved to New York City, I guess, about 11 years ago. And so when I first got here, I launched a channel at Sirius, and I launched a channel for Clear Channel. They had these HD side channels. They're still around, but they never really caught on. It was supposed to be their competitor for Sirius and XM. So they had all these, all the, you know, they had this thing called the HD Radio Alliance, mm-hmm. and all the companies had these side channels. And so like Z100, which is the big top 40 station here in New York, they had a side channel, and everybody had these side channels. But the problem was you had to go to Radio Shack and buy a radio, and nobody wanted to spend $200 on one of these things. So the HD Radio Alliance never caught on, but that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to compete with Sirius. Ah, uh, I got um, it. So it was free. So you could get these side channels for free, but the problem is you needed the hardware, mm-hmm. and nobody wanted to buy the hardware for their house or for their car. So it just sort of died. But, but I launched a channel at Sirius, and then I launched a channel for uh, like an HD channel at a Clear Channel. So I did all that programming stuff, and then you know life happens. You start getting a little bit bored, and I became very, very, very much an entrepreneur. I started new businesses, new companies didn't really get it. You know, I wasn't really in the radio or TV business at all, but I used what I learned in marketing and sales uh, to help launch various businesses. And then I got um, connected with Jay, um, as I just mentioned. And then here we are hosting this. It began as a syndicated radio show, and we it was heard across the country, The Ultimate Entrepreneur with Jay Abraham. And it was heard from Honolulu all the way to Miami. But the problem is, when you work in mainstream media, which and that's my background, you have what's called a broadcast clock, and you got a break for the news at the top of the hour. You got a commercial break at ten after, twenty after, etc. And it was not really conducive. Like if you're talking to somebody really cool like Tony Robbins, which you know, not to name drop, but we've had him on the show a few times. Mm-hmm. He's good friends with Jay. You have a guy like Tony Robbins on, and then all of a sudden you get, you know, and he's saying something brilliant, which he's apt to do, and you say. Hold that thought. We've got to go to commercial break. We'll be right back. Right. We're going to pause for station identification. <laughs> yeah, it just, it's terrible. So we decided that we wanted to take the show somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And there's all these statistics. Like, that's why I'm so impressed with what you do, Nick, because podcasting, I've got the stats somewhere. I, I don't have it in front of me. Forgive me. But the American public listens to tens of thousands of hours of podcasts weekly. Mm-hmm. And it's a gigantic number. And, you know, iTunes and there's great podcasts on people's websites. 
And so podcasting, if you're under the age of 30, you don't even know what a radio is. Right. AM and FM, like, come on, give me a break. So, <laughs> but a podcast, it's easy. Anybody can do it. It's inexpensive. And if you have a little bit of a background, um, like I do or like you do, then you can make it sound good and have some imaging and voiceover and all that stuff. So that's what we try to do. And then, so what happened was we ended up getting, um, we were in contact with CBS and they created this new podcast network called Play It, Play dot It. Mm-hmm. And they felt, you know, now this is a main, this is a very large, very profitable, very successful world-class media company. And traditionally, their business has been TV and radio, and they realize that people want podcasts, and so they created this new platform, which is really cool. We were one of the first, I think, 20 shows on the platform. They were primarily CBS shows. Now I think there's over 300 or 400 or something, and it's growing constantly. And the traction's been really good, and there's... if. I would encourage anybody to go to play it because they've got all kinds of amazing shows. We're in the business section, but they've got lifestyle and health and, you know, you name it. It's their sports and news. Uh, it's really great. So it's been a really good outlet for us because we don't, we're not constricted by any kind of clock. We did a Tony Robbins show a couple of weeks ago. I think it was almost two hours long, and mm-hmm. we didn't have to break for commercial break. Right. So now when... When you start or decided to start this, was the original idea to pitch it to a major station? Because, well, I guess the reason why I'm asking is I originally when I found the podcast, I went to the iTunes store and it seemed like the the episodes were not available on the iTunes store, but I found them on Play.it. Yeah, what happened originally, that was just sort of a tech issue, but what happened originally was we created the show for broadcast, for radio, specifically the syndicate. I have a a kind of an extensive background in television and radio syndication, and so we self-syndicated it. And that's a fancy term, meaning we bought airtime. Mm -hmm. So back in the day, not to bore you with, you know, the history of broadcast syndication, but... Back in the day, if you had a cool show, it would get picked up. Right. It doesn't work that way anymore. Now it's all about the money. And so even if you have a really cool show, they still want you to pay for the airtime. Mm-hmm. So it's good and bad. It's good because almost anybody can get a show. It's bad because you've got to have money to get the show. Right. <laughs> Back in the day, all you had to do was have a good show. So so we self-syndicated. We spent a little bit of money, and we put the show on a bunch of stations around the country. And after, I don't know, about three months of that, we just thought, we think we could grow our business and, and grow our audience a lot faster if we took it off of traditional radio and built podcasts. And so originally the show, uh, we'd cut up, uh, so the show was an hour long when it was syndicated nationally, and then we'd cut it up and we had special episodes on iTunes. But then when we partnered with CBS, they have their own uh, Play.it iTunes, iTunes channel. So if you go into iTunes and you click on the Play.it icon, that's where you'll find us now. I got you. Okay. So now let's talk about your your partner with this, who is Jay Abraham, and just explain to the listeners who he is and what he's all about. Because he's not just it's not just another guy that you partnered up with. I mean, he's a he's a living legend. Yeah, Jay's a rock star. He's an icon. For those who don't know who Jay is, I would encourage you to go to Abraham dot com. You could Google Jay Abraham. 
He's widely considered the world's preeminent business growth expert. He is a, he's a guy who's sort of been behind the scenes from some huge brands. Not to name drop, but he's mentored so many big names. He mentors Tony Robbins. He mentors Damon John. If you recall the book series Chicken Soup for the Soul, he played a large role in that. He was there in the beginning of Entrepreneur Magazine. He tells a funny story that when Entrepreneur Magazine started, the big issue that they had was nobody knew how to say the word <laughs> entrepreneur. Right. It just it wasn't part of the lexicon. You know, back then people used the term businessman mm -hmm. or business person. And now entrepreneur is a buzzword. Exactly. Everybody's an entrepreneur. So right. but back in the day, nobody could even say the word. So Jay's been around a long time, and he is certainly, well, in sales and marketing circles, he's considered the best of the best. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people come to him and they say, hey, my business does $10 million a year, and he'll take them to 50, 60, 100 million. That's been his MO for many, many years. Mm -hmm. He's worked with startups, existing companies, huge brands. And when I met him, as I mentioned a second ago, he was a guy that I heard on a Tony Robbins CD who I thought was interesting. And I just, right. I just made a cold call. And I think, and you know, sort of parenthetically, I think a lot of people they want to do business with people, but they get a little, little bit nervous about making cold calls. Mm -hmm. And I can say firsthand experience, cold calls work. Yeah, if you have I do it all the time. Yeah, exactly. If you have something to offer, then in theory, you're doing the other person a favor. Because if you can help them, and perhaps it, it could be a symbiotic relationship, that person's going to be really grateful that you have the guts to pick up the phone and make a call. Mm -hmm. And I think there's an important lesson in not necessary or not specifically in business, but also with musicians, because a lot of the thing that I, that a lot of the things that I preach to, to musicians who want to get gigs or they want to be connected with other people is, you know, you have to reach out to these people and sort of see how you can create a mutually beneficial relationship and rather than saying, hey, can you do something for me? Say, maybe approach the call, say, what can I do for you? Let's sort of develop this relationship because people want to work with, and correct me if I'm wrong, but people want to work with people that they like and that they they can work well with together and that they share the same values and that they they offer some sort of, of benefit rather than just sort of being a, a hindrance in their life. Nick, you nailed it. It's all about helping the other person first. Jay talks about this all the time, and we had this show with Tony Robbins uh, recently, and he was taught, they were both talking about it. They call it adding value first. Mm -hmm. Before you ask for anything, add value to the other person, even if, even if you don't benefit from it. You know, you might want to call it good karma. It's the same thing. Right. If you're nice to somebody, it's going to come around, and maybe it's not going to come around back to you right away, but ultimately it will. Mm -hmm. Now, so Jay is the guy, they, what do they call him, the $7 billion man? Technically, it's the $9 billion man, but <laughs> $7 nine. billion is a pretty big number as well. Yeah, Jay has done, well, when you talk about the capital increases that he's created for various businesses, brands, companies around the world, they did a calculation and they estimated, and it was a real estimation too, it wasn't just a made-up number, but the things that he's done directly, indirectly, have generated over $9 billion. He's worked in over 400 industries, not 400 companies, 400 industries. Right. 
And yeah, he helps people make money. He he makes it rain. And so nine billion dollar man, he costs he charges fifty thousand dollars a day to to do any type of consulting. And the reason why I'm um, this is I'm talking about him for a reason because when people are listening right now, they may say, "Okay, Paul, I get it. You partnered up with a guy. He's very well known. He's a rock star. That's how you grew your audience. And and you know it was." kind of easy because you had, I don't want to say that it was easy, but you have this powerhouse behind you. So what is your suggestion for someone who maybe doesn't have the rock star that they're partnered up with, but they want to grow their audience. They want to either grow their YouTube channel or grow their podcast or grow just their overall audience to get more eyes and ears on what they're doing. That's a great question. The bottom line is content is king. The three most powerful things on the internet original images, original video, and celebrity. And so you have to ask yourself, of those three things, do you have any of those? And if you do, then you can start to leverage them. Mm -hmm. If you're just somebody who's starting out and maybe you don't have celebrity, you can do original video. Like how many, uh, there's a million examples of people who've put up some sort of video of a cat doing whatever, jumping off the side of a building into a swimming pool, and all of a sudden went viral and got 4 million views. So anybody starting off, my best piece of advice is create some really good content, whatever it is. It could be you drumming. It doesn't really matter. Content is king in today's media. I come from traditional media. I come from mainstream media. But mainstream media... I shouldn't say this publicly, but mainstream media is dying. Comcast recently said that they're going to make more money from their Internet clients than they are from their cable clients. Sure. So anybody who's listening to this podcast right now or who listens to your other podcast, Nick, all they have to do is create really good content. And it's easy to videotape yourself and audio tape. If you've got an iPhone, a Droid, you've got all that stuff built in. So the key is... What's your competitive differentiator? What makes you better than perhaps the next person? Mm -hmm. What do you offer that's different than the next person? And focus on that. Focus on your strengths and videotape it and stick it up on YouTube, and you'll be amazed at how fast things can happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that people get a little frustrated because, you know, they put three or four videos up and they say, oh, I'm not getting any traction off of it, so I guess it's not working, you know. And I know from from my own experience, I mean, I've been doing this podcast for for close to two years. I've done 120 interviews. I've I put in the work and that's why why the audience is growing. It it definitely didn't happen overnight. Well, look, if you pick up if you start drumming, you're going to forgive my language suck in the beginning. Right. Right. (laughs) And so it's the same thing with podcasting. It's the same thing. Like you're not going to be good right away Mm -hmm. and it's going to take time for you to build an audience. That's just, that's just the work ethic that all entrepreneurs need to have. Right. Sometimes see the problem is you get, there's examples out there of, you know, some kid who does something silly and then the dad puts it up on YouTube and they get 8 million views and you think, how the heck is that possible? Well, that's an anomaly. Sure. Most people have to work at it. Most people have to really put in the time and effort. Look, you've done over a hundred shows. That's not a small thing. Right. If you're putting in the effort, then sure, it's going to pay off. And in the beginning, and the other thing too is if you're doing it just to 
get a million views on YouTube or just to have, you know, a gazillion followers on, on your podcast on iTunes, if you're doing it just for that, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. I, you should have a passion totally for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and your why and figuring out what your why is. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned, uh, you know, in the beginning, you're going to suck. And I think the Marines have a have a saying that to embrace the suck, to, you know, to embrace that that you are going to be bad at things. And over time, you're going to get better. Anybody who tells you they don't suck on a consistent basis is lying. We all <laughs> we all suck at various things throughout the day. Right. Right. You know, it happens to me every day. I do something. I want. Oh, geez, that was terrible. Why did I do it that way? <laughs> So I think we all, like Tony Robbins, I think I'm quoting Tony, I hope I'm quoting Tony properly, but he says, uh, perfection is pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Tony says, try to be outstanding. If you break down that word, you're standing out, standing out from the crowd. If you're a musician and you're trying to get a gig, you're trying to get a record deal, whatever. You need to stand out. Well, it's the same thing with this. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I've got a very great uh, part business partner. He's very well-respected, well-known in entrepreneurship circles. But we worked very hard at the show. Mm-hmm. For example, and this is a technical thing, but I guess, you know, presumably a lot of musicians are going to be listening to this, so I think they'll appreciate the the technical aspect of this. I have Pro Tools, and whatever you edit with, whether it's Pro Tools, GarageBand, whatever, we all stammer, we all stutter, we all go, and, and, or blah, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. we all do it, you know, that kind of, we make lip noise, etc., well, when we record Jay, myself, Tony Robbins, whomever, I spend a lot of time cutting that stuff out. Right. Now, most podcasters don't. And Guilty. I think that's a mistake. Well, I think that's a mistake because that's the easy way out. You know, sure, you can just record, you press record, then you stick it up on iTunes and you've got yourself a podcast. Mm-hmm. But that's not outstanding. That's not what Tony Robbins calls outstanding. That's not standing out. So even though... I've been doing this a long time, and Jay is who he is. We spend many, many hours editing a podcast that might only be 45 minutes long. Like, I could easily work five, six hours on one 45-minute podcast. And then we insert all the imaging. We do all that if you ever listen to our show, and hopefully people will. But there's an intro, an outro. There's some cool... Um, re, what we call rejoins or liners, and we've got this. Uh, we've got a phenomenal voiceover guy named Harry Leg, mm-hmm. who I highly recommend. Harry is that, the, is that the guy says it's your boy? It's not the guy who says it's your boy. We actually pulled that from somewhere, but Harry's the guy who created that. Really, I Harry thought it does, sounds like Jay Z because Jay Z Jay Z says that all the time. I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, because we'd have to pay for that. So right, no, right. we just found that somewhere. No, Harry's an amazing voiceover guy. It's dot com. He's got the coolest website ever. So he does voiceover, and he does all our imaging, all the bells and whistles, and he's your boy and all that stuff. And we've got some other cool stuff that we're going to be doing soon. But yeah, but the point is, we put forth a lot of effort to create a 45-minute podcast. We The two-part Tony Robbins series, which I would encourage everybody to listen to because it's That's about great. life, it's about business, it's phenomenal. That was six hours 
of Tony and Jay on stage. Jeez. And we cut that down into two podcasts. One was, I think, 90 minutes and one was 30 minutes. The one from London. But you can imagine... You can imagine six hours of audio or video that we had to cut down into two hours of audio. It took forever. Jeez. And we and cut so out you all, do the all the stammering. Anime. Yeah, that's me. I do that stuff. Wow. Yeah. Well, in this case, I have a friend of mine who's a uh, world-class New York City uh, video producer named Ryan Burke. And so Ryan, he, um, he, cut, he cut it down. Uh, and then he gave me um, the audio, and then I cleaned it up. But regardless, uh, most of the time, or 99% of the time, I do all that stuff myself. So Jay will interview somebody for an hour and a half, and then we'll cut that down to about 45, and we'll cut hmm. out all the stammering and make it cool. Listen, it's the same thing as cutting a record. Right. you got to get it right. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Now I think I'm going to have to start doing more editing. it'll sound better trust me yeah i know that i know that so i want to touch on something that you mentioned a few minutes ago a few minutes ago excuse me and you said about leveraging and i'd like i'd like to hear what your thoughts are on on leverage and how to gain leverage and how to use that first explain what it is and how to use that to your advantage i'll give you an example and a lot of people, a lot of people, and I'm not trying to be immodest, but a lot of people consider me an expert at leveraging media. You know who Sanjay Gupta is, the doctor mm-hmm. on CNN? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I hope this doesn't come across as negative in any way because it's not meant to be. But I have a friend of mine who's an anesthesiologist, mm-hmm. and my friend, the doctor, anesthesiologist, from time to time has worked with Sanjay in the operating room. Sanjay is a world class surgeon. So I was asking my friend. If your mother or father ever had to have an operation, it's pretty cool. You know Sanjay Gupta. I guess you'd just phone up Sanjay and say, hey, my mother needs an operation. Can you do it? And my friend said, no, I actually wouldn't get Sanjay to do it. And I said, why not? And my friend said, well, because I know surgeons who are better than Sanjay. Now, that's not a negative. My friend didn't say that Sanjay's a bad surgeon. All my friend said was that, he knows surgeons who are better than Sanjay Gupta. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Because a few years ago, you may know this, you may not know this, but President Obama asked Sanjay Gupta to be the Surgeon General, which is the most powerful medical position in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I said to my friend, well, what do you think of a President Obama asking Sanjay to be Surgeon General? And my friend kind of laughed and said, I, could, I personally know a whole bunch of doctors who are way more qualified to be Surgeon General than Sanjay Gupta. Now, here's my point. Why did President Obama ask Sanjay Gupta to be sent Surgeon General? Because he has because a he's on TV. Right. Because he's on TV. So Sanjay Gupta is leveraging media. And frankly, Sanjay Gupta... I read one time, one of the reasons why he didn't take the job is because he said he couldn't afford the pay cut. (laughs) He's probably making seven figures working for CNN, plus he's a surgeon, probably making seven figures there. Why would he want to go be Surgeon General with all that stress? It's crazy. So there's all kinds of ways that you can leverage media, and that's where I have a lot of expertise. And so people say to me, well, how do I do it the first time? And I say, well, it depends what your offer is. Like, for example, 
you've got a lot of drummers listening in right now. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of ways that you could get on the radio. You could get your stuff on the radio. For example, if you phoned up your local morning show and said, hey, I'm a musician, and I love your morning show. You guys are great. I want to create some stuff for you guys, some original music. I'm not even going to charge you for it. I just want to hear it on the radio. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to say yes to that. Right? I used to host morning shows. If a drummer phoned me up and said, hey, I got some music, I got some original stuff, you know, I'm going to create a little theme song for you or something, I would have played that. Right. And then, boom, just like that, you're on the radio. And, and then you can use that, and you can leverage that. And then you can go to another morning show in another market and say, yeah, I just did this cool original song for this guy in St. Louis. How'd you like me to do it for you as well? Frankly, you could send them the same piece of music. And then all of a sudden you become known as this guy who's cre- guy or girl who's creating all this great stuff for radio morning shows around the country. And believe me, you'll get known. Right. That goes back to what we were saying. Add value for the other person first. Mm-hmm. So when people say to me, how do I leverage media? I say, well, it depends. What are you trying to do? What, what's your offer? You know, are you a doctor and you want to be famous? Are you a drummer you want to be famous? Figure out what you want to do, and then I can show you how to do it. Mm-hmm. But getting in media is not that hard because there's so much out there. Back in the day, this lawyer came up to me one day and he said, I want, no, I'll, I'll give you a better example, better than the lawyer. This, I met a woman one day at a party here in New York, and she told me that she just wrote a book. I said, oh, that's interesting. What's your book about? And she said, kissing. And I said, kissing? <laughs> and she said, yeah, I want to be the world's foremost authority on kissing. And I wrote a book. And, <laughs> and so I helped her get on the radio and she got all these interviews and, you know, it was a fun thing to talk about mm-hmm. and it helped promote her book and sell her book. And, but the point is she knew what she wanted to be famous for. Right. And then she found me and I got her on the radio. So there's all kinds of ways that you can leverage media and it's not just media. You can leverage relationships. If you know somebody who knows somebody you know, maybe you do something nice for that person, and then they're going to help you. Mm-hmm. It's just leverage is another word for scratching each other's back. Right, right. That's interesting, especially the morning show thing. I think now that all the morning shows in the country are going to have a bunch of drummers sending them music. I might take my I record so. and send them. I think I'll take my record and send it to every morning show. Do it. Why not? <laughs> Listen, these guys. The thing about radio morning shows is. Doing a radio morning show is hard. I did it for many, many years. Mm-hmm. You've got to come up with stuff to talk about every day for four or five hours, sometimes six hours. And it's a drain. I don't know. You might know the term. Your audience may know the term. But in radio, they call it show prep. And you've got to plan what you're going to talk about. Uh, you know, back in the day before the Internet, which is when I was a radio DJ, I used to cut out newspaper articles and watch TV. I used to VCR record TV, like Seinfeld and stuff, and I'd play it back on my show the next day. Now show prep's a lot easier because you can just look at your phone and you can figure out stuff to say. But when you've got contests and sound effects and guests and everything, you want the show to sound cool. And if you're going up to morning shows around the country saying, I can make your show sound cool, well, that morning show is going to be very grateful to you because they're in competition with other morning shows. They're trying to get a raise just like everybody else is trying to get a raise from their boss. And if you help them make their show sound cool, 
believe me, they're going to scratch your back too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. So I want to switch it up a little bit. We've been talking about all good things up to this point, but I want to address something that I call the F word, which is failure. And because part of this podcast is, or the main drive behind this podcast is for drummers to attain success, whatever their definition of success is. And everyone knows that part of success is failure. So let's talk about some, maybe one or two failures that you've had and your advice for overcoming that failure. Man, one or two, I've had probably one or two in the last hour. (laughs) (laughs) There's... There's there's some people who believe that there's no such thing as failure. They, they'll say fancy things like failure is just the a way of learning how not to do it, and all these fancy buzz terms and all that stuff. Failure stinks. Right. <laughs> you know, you you're trying something really, really. You're working really hard. You're trying to do something. You're putting everything into it, and then it doesn't work out for whatever reason. It might be your fault. It might be someone else's fault. Who knows? But the bottom line is it didn't work. Mm -hmm. It's not a pleasant thing. The reality is it's just a part of life. I think the best analogy I ever heard about failure is infants and walking. When you're a little baby, let's say you're a parent and your child is starting to walk, so I don't know. How old are you when you start to walk? At one and a half or something? One, yeah, I'm something not like sure. One and a half, two. I'm not sure. I don't so, have kids, so. Yeah, so it's something like that. So let's say one and a half. Mm-hmm. And let's say you've got a little girl, and she's trying to walk for the first time, and she's trying desperately to take that first step, and she falls. Well, are you going to just pack it in? Yes, my daughter's <laughs> never going to walk. Right. <laughs> it's over. Oh, my gosh. One and a half. She's a failure. <laughs> of course not. You're going to... The next day, you're going to try again and try again. And sure enough, after a few days, she's going to take one or two steps. And the next thing you know, she's won an Olympic gold medal. So failure is relative. Like people have this fear of failure, but they fail every single day. We all fail. every. If you miss the bus, you know, you're late for the bus. You failed at getting on the bus. Right. If you burn your eggs when you're cooking in the morning, you failed at cooking eggs. Failure is relative. I think what happens sometimes is people get their hopes up about something that they really, really want, and when that doesn't happen, that's when they get sad or maybe even depressed. Oh, my gosh, I've failed. But when you look back at all the things that you've done to be successful to the point where you're at, you have to go back to that analogy of the baby walking. Like mm-hmm. you've done a lot of cool stuff just to get to this point, right? Is it? Come on, like we were like off air. We were talking about how the fact the fact that I just went to U two at MSG recently, mm-hmm. and I saw I saw Larry drumming, and I thought, you know, and I'm not a drummer, but I appreciate drumming, and I thought, wow, this guy is still really, really good. Is that a fair statement coming yeah. from a guy who's not a drummer? Yeah, yeah. Well, the guy had to stink at one point. Sure. Right, he had to fail at one point. I'm sure over the years, if you, you know, if anyone ever meets Larry Mullen Jr., I'm sure he'll tell you all kinds of stories about how he didn't get this gig or got kicked out of that band or blew a big, you know, blew a big gig somewhere by Mm -hmm. doing something stupid or whatever. Failure is just whatever. Who cares? It's going to happen. No big deal. Right. So let's drill down a little bit. Do you, is there one specific thing that was sort of a, a monumental failure in your life that you sort of 
felt like you weren't going to recover from or maybe said maybe lost a lot of money at something or or, or <laughs> failed in a business or wow that's we're going deep let's we're going everybody there. everybody has had a failed relationship right right you know unless you're the one person in a billion who met your significant other when you were five years old in kindergarten class and fell in love at 12 and went to college together and lived happily ever after. Everybody listening has had a failed relationship, myself included. And that's arguably the most painful failure because that's, there's love associated with that. Like you really want this thing to work out and that stinks Mm-hmm. because you've given your heart to somebody and then they stomp on it or they cheat on you or who knows what happens. And so, yeah, that's, is that a failure? Well, maybe, I guess if the relationship doesn't work out, some people would call it a failure, but again, it's all relative. Mm-hmm. If you, if you fail in a relationship, but a year later you meet the person of your dreams, well, I don't know. Was was that thing a failure? Maybe it was a learning experience. Maybe you learned how not to be in a relationship. So when you found that next person a year later, you're that much better for it. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, if you want to drill down at, at more failures, I could give you all kinds of examples of things that I failed <laughs> at. But the point is, I've always learned from it, and you grow from it. So sure. who cares? Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I, d- I love hearing everyone's take on failure and different experiences that, that they've had for failure because, like I said, or like you said, everyone has failure. So it's not like I would ask you and you'd say, oh, I don't know. I've never, I've never failed at anything. You know? So everyone has their stories and everyone has their, their ways of dealing with it. So I always like to get the perspective of my guest on how they deal with failure. Well, people do it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Some people go out and they'll go to the bar and they'll drink themselves silly. Some people will turn to drugs. Some people will watch TV. Some people will get depressed. Some people will go to the gym. Everybody handles stress and quote-unquote failure differently. But if you realize the perspective behind failure, then I think you'll be able to get over it a lot faster. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. So I got I have one more question for you. I want to be respectful of your time, but musicians are entrepreneurs. They are self-employed. They work for themselves. A lot of times drummers especially are sidemen and have to fend for themselves out there and, and run their own business while trying to maintain everything else. So through the years of your experience in business media and the things that you've done with Jay Abraham, what is, what's some, some business advice that you can impart on people who are self-employed and who are working for themselves and have to go through getting up every day and, and sort of keeping the, keeping the ball rolling? That's a great question. For me, it all hinges on desire. Desire and some people would call it hunger, but desire and discipline. If you want to be a really good drummer, you got to practice. That's just the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be really good in business, then you have to practice. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Uh, drummers, professional musicians, they are entrepreneurs. They're not punching a time clock every day. And thank goodness for that, because who wants to live that life? I lived that life back in the day. I would guess most of the people listening to this podcast right now, maybe they have a day job, a nine to five on the side as they're trying to build their music career. But ultimately, they want to be like Larry Mullen Jr. and make millions of dollars and go on the road and 
their time is their own. So mm-hmm. I think really it comes down to how bad do you want it? Right. And if you want it really bad and you're willing to practice every day and take the quote unquote rejection every day and just keep fighting, that's it right there. Mm-hmm. That's my best piece of advice for anything. It's desire. Whether you want to be a professional drummer, a professional athlete, a Wall Street tycoon, a great mom, you got to have the desire. Right. Right. And I think a lot of times people tell themselves that they have the desire for one reason or another, and sometimes it may not be true and they really don't have that desire. Well, they might have the desire. I know people who have the desire, but they're not willing to put in the effort. Mm -hmm. So they'll say to themselves, they'll play a game with their mind and they'll say, oh, I really want it. I really want it. But how about do they really want it? Are they going to make the sacrifices? Are they going to, in my background, in, well, my professional background in radio, when I was in radio, I, the first job I ever, um, the first gig I ever got, I was in a town of 1,200 people. Mm-hmm. I, I thought my life was over. I was right out of college, 22, 23, and I'm living in a town of 1,200 people, pretty much all retirement age. The day, uh, the big thing that happened, I was there for eight months, the big thing that happened in the eight months that I was there is that Dairy Queen got a drive-through, and I was on location doing the broadcast. Hey, everybody, come down to the dairy. I thought my career was over, but I had desire. I thought, you know what? It's just a stepping stone, and I worked my butt off, and I got out of that market within eight months, and I got into a bigger market, and, and you know, bigger market. And it's the same thing with drumming. You got to practice, 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 and then you start getting some gigs. Then you get some better gigs, and then who knows where those gigs lead. Mm-hmm. But you got to have the desire, and you got to back it up with work ethic. Otherwise, sure. desire is just. Forgive me. I'm going to change my mind a little bit. It's a two prong attack. You got to have the desire, and you got to have the work ethic. Right. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't. I I put something on Instagram the other day that you don't. You can't build a good reputation on things that you're going to do. You know. So without action, what you're not, you, you can't achieve anything. And if you listen to Tony Robbins, he uses the term massive action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Massive specific action. Right. Right. Every day. Mm-hmm. I actually send out because to... you want to. What's that? And do it because you want to. Do it because you love it, not because you feel obligated to. Sure. Sure. I totally agree. Well, Paul, this has been a great conversation. I could talk to you for hours, and I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know that you're a busy man, and you have your own your own podcast to run, so I definitely appreciate you sharing all of your knowledge. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Nick, it's my pleasure. I love what you do, and I really, really respect the discipline that it takes to be a great musician because I'm not one. I tried to be one. Frankly, I didn't have the desire or the work ethic, but to be, at least to be a musician, but to be a great musician is really, really tough. And, you know, yeah, sometimes you get a break here and there, but for the most part, you got to really put in the effort. And, and so I applaud what you're doing and, and how you're um, championing the cause for everybody who listens to your show, because if it gives if you give somebody a little bit more inspiration to practice a little bit more that day, then I think you're doing a great thing. Well, thank you, man. That means a lot to me. So where can the listeners go if they want to find out more information about you and the podcast? Well, I'm grateful. Thanks. Just, it's easy. Play it. 
play.it, P-L-A-Y dot I-T, and then slash J Abraham, J-A-Y-A-B-R-A-H-A-M. Perfect. All righty. Well, Paul, thank you again. I appreciate it, and hopefully we can chat again soon. I'd love it. Thanks, Nick. All right. Thank you. So there you have it, Mr. Paul Durante. And for the links to everything that we talked about in the podcast, you can find at drummersresource.com forward slash session one. Also, as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, I have a few coaching slots left and I'm only taking on a certain number of clients. And the way that the coaching works, it's a one-on-one thing where you and I work together to help you achieve your goals, to help you increase your your fan base, grow your audience, whatever it is, break into the music industry, get endorsements, things like that. I can help you with all that kind of stuff. And the way that we set it up, you just shoot me an email, coaching at drummersresource.com. And we set up a quick 15, 20-minute Skype call to see if I'm right for you, you're right for me, see if you can afford the rates, all that kind of stuff. And then we get working on your goals. So if you're interested, email me, coaching at drummersresource.com. And I think that's... Actually, no, I have one more thing. Uh, listen, I need I need some interaction from you guys. I love hearing from you guys. I love getting emails. I love getting messages on Twitter and on Facebook and all that stuff, but I'm not getting a ton of it from you guys. So what's going on? I know that you're busy, but let's chat. I love hearing from you. I love conversing with you. And and yeah, I just want to, I, I just really can't stress enough how much I love to hear from you guys. So if you're listening, shoot me a message, say what's up, introduce yourself. I'd love to get to know you more. I'm on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash drummers resource on Instagram at drummers resource and on Twitter at drummers are source. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an awesome weekend. I love you. I mean it. I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.